Hey everybody, this is Timothy Bennett here. Aaron Banyan. I'm Jason Chandler. And welcome back to B&B Banter Bros Goes to the Movies, a uh, internet podcast about movies. Uh, this month we are on our round two of our Nostalgic November, and then we are on the final, the saddest moment here, the final episode, episode 10 of the Hulu original series, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. My heart breaks, and it mainly breaks because of my impatience to, I don't want to wait until season two. We know there's a season mm. two. Just give us a fucking season two already. Let's be done with it. And if anything, work, but I don't want to be done with it either. Anything happens to either of the writers, there'll be help mm. to pay. Right. Yeah, this better not be a Jupiter Legacy bullshit. Yeah. Or any any other bullshit. Just, just make it happen, and make it happen soon. That being said, let's dive into... Episode 10 of Only Murders in the Building. So, oh, oh, before we do that, before we do that, uh, so we wanted to try to do this for each of our episodes where we talk about, like, the film that we talked about previously, like, you know, all the films that we talked about in episode one, what was the favorite out of all of those that we talked about. So... Uh, the film favorite out of nine. Yeah, so uh, we forgot to do that, so why don't we do it real quick? Let's, let's talk about which one we thought was our favorite out of the list that we... We had. Do you, do you guys rem- have the list? Like, do you remember what we talked about? I mean, I can remember what I talked about, and then I vaguely remember what Jason talked about. Okay, so I've got at least one or two of yours in my head. Okay, what what did you talk about? What three films did you so mention? My three films were Willow, Legend, and High Spirits. Okay, Jason, do you remember what yours was? RoboCop, Ninja Turtles, and uh, Bloodsport. Ninja Turtles one. Yes. Precise. And then I talk about uh, Princess Bride, The Last Dragon, and The Barbarians. So out of those nine films, what would you say, all three of us, what would you say is the, the favorite out of those nine films? We we did kind of go on a little bit of a tangent with Princess Bride. That would be my vote. I, was saying, I think it's it, we've established that it's probably one of the most perfect movies, so I can't imagine us veering off of that to say, oh, we liked one of these other ones better. Oh, it's and true. plus we went on to say that we were probably going to make a fucking standalone episode about Princess Bride it's and true. all the BTS about it. And yeah, and, and to also... The knowledge uh, we have. To, to put that more in fact, that this is just the one that we should, is we've mentioned this film and several episodes <laughs> <laughs> so over the year yeah, and like that was, we've mentioned that this is just a great film so i think in I, in general it's just the best film out there that was like a banter bros lo- uh, slogan when i was just listening it was just uh don't you fucking touch princess bride that's yeah. what Tim don't would, fuck Tim with would princess bride because it's a it's on the remake list or whatever not to remind you it, it, it gets you all fired it, up it was but i think there was don't too fucking, much pushback from the from the original oh, stars good. Yeah, good. don't I fucking think. do it Mm-hmm. God, I'll go on a murder spree, I swear to God. <laughs> All right, so Princess Bride for that episode. Yeah, so, last episode. Yeah, nostalgic number one was uh, was Princess Bride. Hell yeah, I love that movie. Anyway, yeah. let's Brave get back flick. into it. Brave so, flick. episode 10 of Only Murders in a Building. Uh, Aram, you want to yeah. give us the title and the synopsis? So, the title of this episode is Open and Shut, which is, you know, obviously it's the last episode of the season, so pretty much the... Proper send-off title. Uh, so the synopsis... Synopsis? Well, okay. Synopsis is, In the season finale, the trio races towards a resolution with their own lives... While their own lives are put in danger. Sorry. Something popped 
stuff in front of me for a while. It's all that schnapps. <laughs> Good God, that just gives me gut rot. Heartburn. <laughs> right. Uh, um. Cool. Right on. So. <laughs> The, the last episode was definitely a great build-up to this episode. Uh, this this episode happening. Uh, what did you think for the beginning to the end of this episode? How do you think it started off? How do you feel about this this beginning of a send-off, I guess, as you will? Because they basically kind of pick up right off from the last episode. Yeah. Mm. I think they... Uh, go ahead, Aaron. No, you by all means go ahead. I'm trying uh, to I think they, they started right where they left off, and they just kept running with it. I was a very fast-paced episode, and I think they did it on purpose to keep the intensity of the, the climax and the series finale, and I think it, it worked out well. And then when everything came to kind of a, a slower pace down in the, in the broiler room with all the jokes and stuff. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It was that that pace. They tried to make it a, a not a quick like a quick f- a show or episode. They just wanted to keep the pace going, cool. fluid. Yeah, I think they they basically they just you know you had the way the last episode ended, and they just ramped it up for a minute or two. Yeah, in the beginning of this one to get you hooked so that they could play out what was left. Mm-hmm. And like so yeah, it seemed like it started out really quickly, and then all of a sudden it just like the pacing evened out. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so absolutely. I think that was really what it was. They were setting the hook, and then they just reeled you in. Yeah. To use a and fishing they, term. And they did it. They did it perfectly once again. Uh, what did you guys think about the the reveal of the killer and her her delivery as an actor? Because there was a quick switch between her lying and telling the truth. What do you? How do you guys feel about that yeah. delivery? I feel like I've seen that sort of reveal done before. Yes. But I thought she did it well. Like, because her personality didn't really shift. It was just the cadence of her voice a little bit and her enthusiasm bucked up a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, the character was the same. And I thought that was really well done. Mm -hmm. When when she was revealing everything, it's like she was getting off on it. Yeah. That that she was caught, that somebody knew it, but she's, she knew she was going to get away with it. So, like, she had the confidence that, yeah, it's okay. Like, her crazy was, uh, yeah, getting off on it, I think is the best way to say it. But once again, it's nothing we haven't seen before, and it was done very well. Mm -hmm. Is, I think, uh, a a thing we keep fucking saying throughout these episodes. (laughs) So something that I thought was very interesting, though, about this this particular setup of the revealance is that character herself, she basically comes out of nowhere, right? Like, almost halfway through the season. Yeah. And she basically inserts herself and, like, establishes herself very prominently in the episode so suddenly and so abruptly. And yet we just are kind of expected to accept it because it's Steve Martin's character, Charles, who is becoming this infatuated love interest kind of person. And you don't question anything. You don't question the motive. You don't question why she's there. Like yeah. It was just a perfect, basic love interest setup. And then it wasn't until this last, the last episode, episode nine, that we kind of talked about in the previous episode where her, there's suspicion behind her when like he asked her, oh, can I join you in the sympathy or like go see you a show or whatever, you know. And then she was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's the same something 
off and then we find out what was really going up. That's the only time I've ever been like suspicious about her, like truly suspicious. And then this shit happens. Yeah. For the first time in a long time, I can honestly say I was surprisingly shocked. (laughs) I was. So I remember having my, my suspicions, I guess, when she's trying to point towards the cat guy Mm -hmm. in that one scene. And you know, and it was, they were quickly pushed aside because of the stabbing and whatnot. But, yeah, it was one of those things that, like, it was easy enough to push them aside because of everyone's reaction to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was the only reason it was easy to, like, say, oh, maybe she's not the killer or maybe she's not involved. You know, fucking, obviously, we were wrong. But well, in the way that they plotted her, too, like, leaving note at the door before she got stabbed. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. but who knows what that could have been. Oh yeah, you know, I definitely could have, been, could have just been associated to something entirely different. Mm-hmm. It's where I'm really curious to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> you, you were, you're acting as if she didn't write the note on the door herself. That's, well, you that's see her come down, like, and the note's already hanging on the door. So I mean, that's an odd plan. Doesn't Steve? Are is that not one of the letters on Steve Martin's murder board? No. With the J's? It's not? No, that's, no, a, that's different. a different one. That's the suicide okay. notes from Tim Kono uh, and then the gotcha. one where she's like dinner, you know, at whatever. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's, okay. that's those. So, yep. all right. was anyone else as tickled as I was to watch 76-year-old Steve Martin doing physical comedy? I that whole bit. I was him in the laughing. stroller or wagon or whatever. Him oh rolling, my God. Around, rolling around the floor, getting into smashed the by the elevator doors. <laughs> that whole bit I, I thought was hilarious. I I I, I was yeah. thoroughly impressed, and I really enjoyed the whole like hiding the phone behind the couch and then him like yep. pushing it with his face. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and for fun, I was like, just please let some of this be Jane Lynch <laughs> being a stunt double right now. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I also really love when they're in the boiler room and he like gets out of the wheelbarrow and stands up and gives this amazing speech like nothing oh my God. in real life. Because right just, when you're right when you right when you're like, okay, this is a little too much and kind of cheesy, and then all of a sudden it stamps back the reality and you're like, fuck yeah, well you yeah, fuckers. That's well, you that, fucked with me perfectly. That called back to uh Father of the Bride 2 for me when Martin Short gives him the sleeping pill or gives him oh. two of them. He's like, oh, he took two of them? Ooh. That's right. <laughs> He's like, That's right, oh, usually, yeah. like, if I take half of one, it's like I get a couple of days of sleep, but two, well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's Steve Martin for you. Yeah, exactly. He's, and he's, it was just, it was a callback to like old Steve Martin that, like, I don't think any of us have seen in for fucking ever. Yeah. That's true. And it was, it was just wonderful to see. Yep. Uh, for this episode, did did you guys have a favorite character you're following on this one? Because I don't feel like anything really changed other than Steve Martin's character had more forefront. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like in the in the lead. Like it was mainly about him. I think he had the he most is, screen time. He essentially got to be the hero for the most part because he got the proof. Mm-hmm. He was one that almost died. Like he figured it out before anyone else did. Yeah, quote unquote, anyone else did, but like, yeah, and the way they played it, where for a second you're like, oh, maybe she didn't do it, maybe I don't know, she's just uh, not a good bassoon player, and then uh, yeah, they flipped it on you. I mean, he was like, yeah, 
I know you did it. And then she was like, yep, I sure did, motherfucker. Yeah. And so, yeah, they they played with it very well. And I will be honest, uh, even though the reveal and stuff was, I, I didn't, didn't mind the reveal. I didn't mind how it was done by any means, but I don't think it was the actress by any means. I think it was just like that the way she acted when she was revealing herself bothered me. Like, too like she excited. was too yeah, like she was too happy. It was like too giddy. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. There's something about that that bothered me. Like the actual acting part of it. Um I don't know why. I don't if know what the, it is. It's not the this, character or anything. It's literally just the acting part. It reminded this, me of a real crazy lady, though. I don't know if you've dated one of those in a while, Tim, but yeah, it wasn't far off. No, I left those behind. Yeah. I well, feel like tap back into those memories and you might like the delivery a little bit better. Sorry. I feel like <laughs> that if this hadn't been a comedy, if this was more of a drama. Oh yeah. Her, it would have been out of place. Would have been very out of place. And her her delivery, if she had done it. Do you remember how Samuel L. Jackson reveals himself at the end of Unbreakable? Yeah. After and he's just like, I tried so many times. He's very muted about it, but mm-hmm. he's just revealing it. That would have been a magnificent delivery in yeah. this in this scene. Yeah. Um, Especially for because- like how confident she is about getting away with it. Yeah. She seemed like she was like, and that's where like I get the like getting off like her. It was more probably of like a serotonin kind of thing. Like she's getting, yeah. she's she getting like, a thrill. Is really what yeah, was. Like, she was getting I like a thrill, but I didn't yeah, it, was, mind the it, smile. Was, it was too giddy. I didn't mind the yeah. smile. I didn't mind like the hat, the joy in her voice, but she was too excited. Yeah, like if yeah. she's been just smiling and like kind of just like explaining things or talking to him with like a, kind of a happy little. It seemed voice. almost childish. Yes, yeah. and that's exactly what I keep thinking. Is it seemed very childlike, and it bothered me because why would you be so? Because she's ostensibly in her sixties. Yeah, yeah, but maybe. she kills people. 50s, maybe? She's mentally unstable. I just that was my only cons- like not concern, my only yeah. problem I, I had. With I see that. that. Yeah. Uh, I thought the I reveal and stuff was cool. I, I enjoyed it. And it still worked. Not like yeah. I hated it. Just out of everything in this entire season, I think that was the one thing. That, and it came back to uh, uh, Selena Gomez when she was saying, well, how can I get out of this conversation? Or what's the safe word to get out of this conversation? Yeah. It came down oh, to that. Yeah. I think that that it just seemed too forced and un, I don't know, not really appropriate. But if you look back, off, she was probably but, getting off on making them uncomfortable right. with the idea. Like, mm. So that was playing into that whole thing, which means she was holding that personality the whole time, which yeah. is impressive for, well, for the actress to do. But, yeah, I get what you mean. I I definitely, like, I just, I, I think you said it. It's, like, very childlike, and that's what bothered me. It was too giddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, ooh, I'm like, <laughs> you're not right. even intimidating at this point but yeah like I said I think it's that if you're that confident why would you get so giddy about it because it's like you I'm getting away with it yay go me but she's already gotten away with other shit so nobody yeah. suspected her like her confidence was like here but yet her giddiness kind of brought it back down here yeah the and way she talked the, the way she acted she'd done this numerous times like mm-hmm. Tim yeah. wasn't the first one yeah 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 she. Yeah, she mentioned that. She but. had a goddamn poison kit <laughs> yeah. with with a label on it. like Jan's little, little toxins. Yeah. yeah. She's a poisoner. <laughs> She's a label maker? Yeah. <laughs> She's very organized. So, yeah, that, that was silly. Anybody but, else uh, enjoy? A... Oh, go for it, Jason. No, no, no. Say anybody else enjoy the Selena Gomez and uh, Martin Short kind of 
Hanging during out. the the basement thing. He's like, take the thing off out of the thing, and then the thing will stop doing the thing for the fire <laughs> things. <laughs> Her frustration. <laughs> it was like, I fucking I love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, that, and that's really just Martin Short being Martin Short. Like, that's the kind of and character then her he plays. Re- yeah. And just her reacting to it. And then her reacting to it, just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Stop it. But she didn't have any answers of what the things were. He plays a great character who, like, when he gets excited, loses the ability to speak proper English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's in an area he's, he's never been in probably right. more than five times in his life. <laughs> A broiler never, room. It's probably yeah. never been in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the only other thing to talk about is the goddamn, the ending of the episode, the series. Yeah, yep. Yep. Season. That's not the series. Season. Season. Ooh, you, shut you. Your, you shut your That's mouth. That's a terrible mistake yeah, right shut there. Shut your, your whorish mouth. Yeah, so I don't, this is probably the only time I really don't want to give anything away. How, yay or nay, did you, did you like the way this, this ended? Yes. Only because when they turned the body and I saw who it was, I was not expecting that. And if you guys know what I mean. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I called it from the first first episode. Like, that was the way they were going to end it was them breaking in on Selena Gomez over that bloody body. Yeah. And did. that's what they did. We don't have to give anything more than that away. But, but yeah, how, did you, how did you feel about the way that they completely wrapped that up? I thought it was great. I had the... The callback to earlier episodes, numerous earlier episodes in that that one scene was great. I thought it was, yeah. and I thought it uh, set up a, a nice new t- next season. Uh, Steve Martin's um, uh, fulfillment by texting Lucy and then her responding—that was a way to wrap up his little uh, personal story arc. Uh, the hug between Martin Short and his son, and then his son offering him money, and then Martin Short declining the offer. That was a I'll wrap up in it on his personal arc. So it was all, it was all quickly. Yeah. All wrapped up in the last five minutes of the episode. Yeah. Did you guys like, without actually saying it, but did you guys like, uh, Tina Fey's little, <laughs> yeah, little that whole bit that was hysterical. at the end? Yeah. I, it was a little I over the was top great, on the but... arrogance, but it was fine. It was right. funny because after yeah, the credits, you know, she was like, it, yeah. that's mine. Just so you know, you're you're nothing to me. Basically, I'm <laughs> paraphrasing, but yep, I thought but that was it was a good... still Tina Fey can do no wrong, right? I did like that. That was a good way of just kind of ending it because it took the focus away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of the primary focus, you know, just a little. Eh, let's go here. <laughs> so cool. And a way to well, wrap up that whole little teaser in the middle of the series, the yeah. season. Yeah, of the, yes. her murderers. Yep. Murderers and uh, so gentlemen, this is the entire season out of a whole out of a whole so far, nine five stars. We gonna make that a ten? Hell yeah. Flawless season. Flawless. So flawless. This is an entirely yeah. Tim's five... already made it known he doesn't think it's flawless, but yeah, well, by, it's not flawless. by our star rating. But it is it is by far one of the greatest shows I've probably yeah, seen. And it's several, a lot. Several years. And... Yeah, watch seeing the advertisements prior to its uh, watching it and just kind of you know judging it, prejudging it. Most mm-hmm. stuff. This is not is so much better than what I could even imagine it to be. Yeah. And yeah, as you'd hear through the last ten of our episodes, fucking loved it. <clears throat> Most stuff. Yeah, man. 
It's good. You got to go watch it before the second season comes out. So get on that. I'm sure you have a whole other year. Probably. <laughs> At least. It is who. God only knows if they've gotten it written yet. Right. Hey, as long as they take, the, as long as they do it right and keep yeah. who they have and, it's, and make it better, not rush it. That's, that's all true. I fucking care about. Yeah, it's I know true. waiting's hard for you, but, you know, it's easy for me because I have this, like, memory problem where I'll forget about the show in four days. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah I uh, I look forward to it though So Yeah Alright Well let's uh, Let's move on to our Nostalgic November Round 2 oh, And Fight Aram Yo What are your Three films of the night Alright So Starting off I'm gonna take an old uh, Movie of mine That I just remember loving And it's uh, 1984's The Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> and oh, wow, is that is, old? Damn. Yeah, it's, wow. it's as old as I am. Um, this is, honestly, this is the f- first movie I can remember making me cry. Yeah. Um, the, the song they sing when they all part ways, like, I can listen to it now and I still get choked up. So, like, yeah, the, the that that alone is probably the biggest reason it stands out in my mind all the time but i mean it's just it's probably one of my favorite muppet movies in general i was Um, a big fan of the treasure island one because it had tim curry in it i mean i was i was more of a muppet christmas carol guy but we'll get into that in december the muppets the muppets movies are just great yeah Yeah, i like the muppets they always did a good job like Mm -hmm. they've after jim henson died like they've definitely carried on for at least for a long time they carried on his legacy well enough with the Muppets. Uh, I don't know about the new iterations of the Muppets, per se, but you didn't watch the one with a uh, tall guy from Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah. yeah. No. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it yeah. kind of helps with the fact that he is obsessed with the Muppets. Like that's yeah, he, he like he cared to make it uh, pay that, homage to it. Probably. That actually makes sense if you remember the ending of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, yep, absolutely. Dracula, yep, yep. the musical. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he did a really good because I think he wrote all the music to this, the, yeah. the new Muppets movie. Like he had, mm-hmm. he did so much for this film. And yeah, yeah I'm not a, a Muppet. I'm a Muppet of a man, <laughs> which is actually a really good song. Yeah, yeah no. it was a really good one. But yeah, you should give it a shot. All right, maybe I'll check it out sometime. I got Disney Plus. I'll try and find it. Uh, moving on to 1986 with uh, Labyrinth because who, wow. who doesn't fucking love that movie like that movie's dope and it, I'm not a musical guy but that's one I will gladly sit through I'm not gonna lie just fucking yeah what I'm not gonna lie I think I've only seen that movie probably once in my entire life yeah I've only watched it like twice when I was a kid tried to watch it as an older person and uh it's kind of creepy. Like, it is kind of creepy. As, <laughs> oh, yeah. as an older. When, when you view it through an adult's eyes, yes, it's really yeah. creepy. Yeah. Definitely a little creepy. <laughs> and, but a, and, a lot of things are weird in the 80s. So. And David yeah. Bowie's cod piece is so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It's David Bowie. You just you got to go with it. <laughs> That's true. You just accept it. <laughs> but yeah, the Muppets and this, the, 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 the creatures and all that shit was. Yeah, this is, an, yeah, this is another Jim Henson joint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and this mm-hmm. is like even the movie, like the ending of the movie still kind of 
gets me when I see it. So, I mean, that's, I don't know. I just, uh, I enjoy it still. And I just try, it, again, it's a movie from my childhood that I watched an awful lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah young what... Jennifer Connelly. You're right. Yeah. <clears throat> she was, what, probably 16? Yeah, I think she's, I think she's playing younger. I think she's playing a 15 or 16 year old in that movie. Yeah. Oh, she definitely so, yeah. looks like it too. That's what yeah. it is. She looks pretty She was young. born in 1970, so she'd have been 16 at that point, yeah. Hmm. Uh, moving on to my next film, because I don't have a whole lot to say about Labyrinth other than just like, what? Loved Yeah, the music. What was that one? What year? 1986. Okay. So 1984 for the Muppets and then 1986 yep. for this one. Okay. And, uh, and then my last movie uh, is another 1986 film, uh, The Wraith with Charlie Sheen and uh, Sherilyn Fenn, Nick, Cassavetes, Nick Cassavetes, Ron Howard, not Ron Howard, uh, his brother. His brother. Uh, <laughs> the lesser Howard. Toby. I don't know his name. Paul, <laughs> Peter, I don't know. T- Toby, Toby Howard. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and that's... And Randy Quaid. Yeah, Randy Quaid being fucking Randy Quaid. This is before um, he went all crazy, though. Much, much, much later. Well, much earlier let's be than real. Crazy. Nobody knows when he started going crazy. It just became more relevant at one point. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, like, heard about in, what happened, happened to him? No. So he uh, he's one of these quote-unquote celebrities who has decided that there are people in America trying to kill him because he's a celebrity. He calls them star killers. And so he, oh. he defected, I think, to Canada. Uh, I don't know if he... I can't remember the whole thing, but he's on up, the run from invisible en- enemies. Yeah, look up, Basically. you know, just look up Randy Quaid and crazy, and I'm sure it'll pop up. How how new is this? Like, this is oof, this several is years. For, yeah, almost ten, I think, if not mm-hmm. more. I no, think like, shit. I did yeah. not know. Well, it's been hmm. been a while. It's been a long. I think Red Run. I think he did the Ice Harvest with John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton. Yep. I think might have been the last one he did before he went kind of kind of bad shit. I don't think huh. he's done anything since then. Is it? Do people know why? Is it from drugs? Is it from? No, he's done he, genetics. The, the the bitch of it is, is his wife is in on it. Like his wife believes it too. So like, it's you, know. you ever see the movie Bug with uh, Shannon, uh, Michael Shannon, Michael and, Shannon. Uh, and Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. Where, yeah, where they just hole up in a hotel room and Disgusting like go fucking crazy. Film. Disgusting yeah. film. It is one of those films that. Makes you want to fucking shower so bad, but yeah. it's it's really good, especially Michael Shannon. I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just kind of go batshit in a, in a hotel room together. Um, but yeah, paranoia. Yeah, it's, uh, it's infectious paranoia too. It's yeah. it's not like because I don't think like in this case like Ashley Judd like she wasn't paranoid she was, before. She was fine until she met uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, and then and then she just became infected with that paranoia because he was. Yeah, it was fucking bizarre. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, Randy Quaid essentially went crazy in somewhere in the two thousands. Yeah, at um, least, but okay. yeah, at least like Gary Busey had a reasoning why he kind of went crazy. He's always been a little drugs off and, the and rocker. He's like and his brain accidents. He had yeah, a tumor, brain damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, had, uh, he had half his or most like a portion of his brain removed because of cancer. Yeah, from a motorcycle. Oh. It was- I thought yeah. he got in a big motorcycle accident. No, it was, it was like deuced. I heard, I heard he was in some sort of accident too, but I think probably he's just was. Had enough, <laughs> he's just had enough trauma that like right, he's, he probably he's was. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. 
It's enough yeah. head head damage to uh, fucking kill that guy. Yeah, he's still right. walking. Oh is. yeah, the the wraith. That was your movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> getting, back to, getting back to what we're talking about. Uh, God, yeah, yeah, I watched that uh, a few years ago because Tim made me add it to my list. And yeah. what the fuck? That is a straight up '80s film. Like, yeah, with the the kids partying at at the beach or at the, the quarries quarry. or whatever. Yeah, yeah the quarries because they're in the quarry. middle of a fucking desert. Uh, with the uh, car. Yeah. It's a small town know. in Arizona. There's no beach. roller roller skate uh <laughs> diner out uh, yeah, yeah. drive yeah. drive in diner, I think is what they're called. <laughs> yeah, try yeah, drive ins. Um well the funny one funny thing I know about this movie is Charlie Sheen only spent like a couple days on set to do this movie and then went off to do platoon. Oh wow. Uh, so like he like did this and was like, fuck you guys, I'm out and like went and did platoon. Um, but yeah, it's so like I'm pretty sure all the scene like he they filmed all his scenes. Even I don't even know if he's the guy in the suit. Yeah, I was in, probably that would be not. The, that would be the trick to get away with it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So like that's I think that's also why like any of the any of the flashbacks he's not the same person because mm. because uh, he wasn't on set that long. Um, but yeah, I, this was one of those movies uh, I talked about last. Did I talk about? Hmm. Uh, uh, briefly in the Halloween. Uh, yeah, the Wraith. Uh, this was a, a a movie I watched on VHS a lot, along with another movie called Walk Like a Man. They were on the same VHS together, and I watched these two movies like in tandem, like mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and this is one of those ones that it, like it got worn out probably from the, mm-hmm. the amount of times I watched it. I always enjoyed this movie. Because it's one I always watched as a kid too. Anytime it came on TV and stuff, and eventually I was able to buy it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I always liked the chemistry between the two widely guys, it's, the ones who drink. Skank, yeah. Skank and yeah. Gutter Boy. Yep, yeah. like it's uh, Ron Howard's brother's character. Yeah. And no, that's Rugged. He's, he's 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 a different. Well, I, I like. I'm saying I like him too. Um, oh, you mean him doing his Ron Howard's Racerhead? Yeah, that's that's what it is. Just with fucking glasses, yeah. like <laughs> that's why they call him uh, Rughead. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did mm. like the the two druggies who drink coolant or whatever the fucking yeah. shit. Skank, they're just, oh, drinking, yeah. just drinking like straight antifreeze. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just. But I really like that that those guys because they're just so the, the fucked gang, up. Yeah. Just yeah. so fucked up. Yeah, there was but. the the gang members are well. There's Packard was the leader. There's Skank, Gutter Boy, uh, Rughead, Minty. Uh, Augie Fisher, mm-hmm. and I Augie think, is so eighties. Think that's the whole gang. Yeah, <laughs> I can even oh, tell yeah. you the way that, like, the order they die in, but I won't get into that because I've seen this movie enough. I can pretty much remember all of it. Yeah. Uh, if so you ever want to hear a funny review of this movie, by the way, listen to a podcast called "How Did This Get Made" and listen to them rip this movie to shreds because <laughs> it oh, is yeah. fucking hilarious maybe you should post that up on the on youtube or i mean on, on facebook if i can if find you, it if you can find it like a like the clip or whatever i think i'm sure it's on youtube like because it's like an hour and a half episode that they do on it yeah <laughs> i should i want to listen to that now yeah um, i'm interested so that was uh you had the wraith you had labyrinth and the muppets and take manhattan the muppets so all those were in the 80s. Yeah. Again. And nothing I'm, wrong with I'm, that. I'm an 80s kid. Like yep. I would, you know, I, six years of my life was in the 80s. Right. Yeah. 
Man, some good films back then, though. They just don't make them like they used to. No. Sometimes for good reason, but not always. (laughs) It's true. We only need to see it that once. (laughs) Right. But All right, Jason. Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to start with... uh, I'm just the first movie in my memory when I was five years old, watching it nonstop. Uh, Superman... 1978, Jesus. I believe. Yeah, Christopher Reeves. Christopher Obviously, Reeves. I was born in 82, so I watched it <laughs> in 87. But I was like on whatever it was before VHS. It was Betamax or Betamax, something. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I holy shit. I watched it a million times, wore the pajamas with the cape, jumped around the living room from <laughs> couch to chair, acting as if I was him. Uh, so it was uh, not... Hindsight, not the greatest movie. It's it's too long or whatever, but... This is long before Chris Reeve got in a fight with that horse. <clears throat> yeah, the irony there. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to... Now he's riding, he was riding around in a wheelchair. Because <laughs> this is the reason why I choose Superman as my favorite superhero when we all know that's a stupid choice because he can do everything. <laughs> so um, It's true. Uh, so that's my first memory of falling in love with movies and... Uh, just yeah, being impressed with them. Uh, so moving on from that, because I'm sure you guys loved it too. Uh, fucking only vaguely remember it. Yeah, uh, Gene Hackman though as Luther, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I was. I remember Hackman being a good Luther though. I did like that's the bomb shit like right Hackman. there. Yeah, because he <clears> played <throat> in a couple of them, didn't he? He played Lex Luthor. Yeah, in the second first one too. First two, yeah. Yeah, he, sure. yeah, even the third one doesn't he? Like, isn't he with Richard Pryor in the third one? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's right. They were they were on a ski ski thing <laughs> in the eighties. <laughs> of course, they had to bring her to a ski resort or whatever mountain. <laughs> uh, so yeah, love Superman. Grew up with that. That was my first film. Uh, did you did you think that Christopher Reeves did a really good job compared to all the other like Supermans that you know you've seen? Uh like, yeah. He, yeah, uh, as watching it, uh, you know, hindsight, he, he the duality thing you like to talk about, Tim. Yep. I think he nailed the Clark Kent and the the Superman uh, parts. I don't. Yep. I think he could have done better with better writing, uh, people. You know, but but as his physicality uh, of it, and yeah, his acting chops, yeah. I think his his clumsiness as Clark and his his precision as Superman was yep. spot on. Because I I honestly think that he was the best one of. Both worlds. Mm-hmm. I. What one is the one where he gives up his powers? Is that the second one? Uh, first one. Is it the first Wait. one? Because there's yeah, one where I, he. No, because that has like the three. I think it's the three that. Come, where he takes Lois to the fucking fortress, fortress of the salt, and then yeah, becomes a regular guy for like twenty minutes, and it could yeah. be the second one. Could be the second one. I don't know. I just I remember that being the. I think it's the second one. Yeah, I just I remember him his performance in that that area where like he he's mm-hmm. coming to grips like with the fact in that the he bar. doesn't have yeah the bar scene like I remember mm-hmm. that being very well done like yeah. exactly. with him like he played both sides and like he played it really well not understanding how to be one versus the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, hell yeah. And this is coming right. from somebody who he was a big fan of like Smallville, and even I just. I think that Tom Welling, because he's only Clark Kent, 
in that show. I don't know if he could really pull off a Superman as well as I wish he could. But he played a... I've only seen him like a little bit in that show, but I... As a, as Superman facing any moral quandaries or like anything like that, I can't see him pulling it off. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? He's, Not, he's barely a man yet. <laughs> you yeah, know, he looks like true. one. But. Well, he was real life. He was like 28 when he started doing Smallville. <laughs> Shut up, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like 47. No, he's playing a 17-year-old when he's There 20. are no yeah. 17-year-olds built like that that can act. Right. Yeah, he's a... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's like yeah, he's like forty six or forty seven right now. Like, <laughs> holy! Oh yeah, I've seen him on that podcast, and he still that. looks fucking good. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, he was in Lucifer, yeah. and yeah, as Kane, looking. Fucking I thought it was sculpted. great. Sculpted. Yeah, like, so he he's still fucking cut that that show. <laughs> still looks intimidating. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. moving on, Jason. All Superman. Right, we're, Superman. Superman. And what year was that? To the first seventy eight. Seventy eight. Yeah. So you got to give it to them in the, for the 70s. And they did some creative shit there. Right. Uh, they're just going to get into the Goodfellas. Uh, Goodfellas. I think it was my introduction so. to mobster movies. And whew, I always hated the, the back half of this movie because a lot of mobster movies, it's, it's all smooth sailing, camaraderie, getting away with, in, with the impossible in the first half. And then everything, you know, the FBI and everything comes yeah. in and... And uh, crashes the party, but well, and wow, he snitches. I, he just straight up just fucking snitches. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah. you got me there. Here's this and this. Yeah. He just completely. And as a kid, out. I was all like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. But, no you know, loyalty. Real life. <laughs> <laughs> no loyalty. Right? But yes, yeah, yeah, That's that's a bigger conversation. But uh, I fucking watched the shit out of that movie. I and I could yeah. I just and I would actually stop it <laughs> after it would change and he would get before he got busted with the coke or when he became all coke. Suspend and, belief. Suspend <laughs> belief. <laughs> so yeah, I would half-ass watch that movie because I just love. Doesn't the, exist. <laughs> the first part so much, especially me being a kid watching him as a kid gain the respect of those mobsters by stealing cars and doing errands for them and shit. I don't know. I just uh, I wanted to be. I could just see him life. going up to Ray in real life and going, you are a scum. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was on the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I love that movie. and I didn't know anything about Martin Scorsese or any of that stuff. I just thought it was a really good story. I think I probably knew something about Joe Pesci at, at, at my adolescence, but you, you got to give it to that guy's performance. Like It's probably one of his best mobster performances ever. Yeah, he's a fucking nut job. Yeah, and uh, personally, I've never seen it, so I don't know. Wow, I wasn't big into mobster movies. Like, it took me forever to watch. Fucking, I wasn't. I was in college when I finally saw Scarface. That's not even a. I consider a mobster movie, right? But I mean, it was, and it was later than that that I watched The Godfather and shit like that. So I mean, I've seen those Mm -hmm. movies once, and they didn't. So wasn't something I dwelled on. You started off in, in the wrong couple of movies for <laughs> what I'm thinking. Because yeah. even God, Good, or, uh, Godfather is a mobster movie, but it's more of a a, uh, a drama or yeah. like Goodfellas had the action to it, the the the, the chemistry between these these brothers at arms in a I sense. Mean, I saw the crew. Does that work? Is that a racing movie? <laughs> <laughs> Tim knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that a racing movie? <laughs> That's amazing. 
<laughs> Only if the, the word pit is in front of that. Right. No, The Crew was pit a comedy crew. that Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Burt Reynolds, Dan Hedaya, and I can't remember the fourth guy, but it's like they're basically retired mobsters yep. down mm. in Florida who like... I honestly only remember uh, Burt Reynolds in it. When he's working at Burger King, he's mm. like, I want a Whopper with no cheese, no lettuce. Lady, I know what the what the sign says, but special orders do upset us. Whopper. Whopper. Okay. Whopper? Whopper. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, when when was uh, Goodfellas? When did that come out? 1990. Yep, 1990. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't even so, like Scarface. Like. No, it's really doesn't I didn't care hold for up either. that poor accent or that impression. I don't know. Basically, stereoty- anybody who idolizes the Scarface, I feel like just wants to. Is it? They're just idolizing a psychopath. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's a legit sociopath. He has no remorse for anything. He has no, no. empathy in that movie. No. Yeah, it's just. It's yeah, all just it's about no, him. There's no. If you connect to that movie and find him to be a, uh, something to idol or a mentor or something like that. You're fucked up in the head. Cause, yeah, that whole finale of that movie is, yeah, it's intense and action-packed, but really, it's all the wrong choices. And you right. throw that shit in there with the sister, really mm-hmm. fucked up. Really, really fucked up. <clears throat> I don't, he's um, just a fucking psychopath. So. Yeah. Yeah, either way. Uh, What's your... But uh, Casino threw me into movie Or no, God, Goodfellas threw me into movies like Casino and all yeah, that was a good, good one. stuff. Yeah. I mean, same cast. You can't yeah. really fuck it up. And oh, director, I did I watch Mafia, too. So that's another monster movie I watched. <laughs> the Christian Slater one? What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Mafia, it was a... Uh, Jay Moore uh, and... Uh, parody, I guess. It was just like yeah, a... It was, a, 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 a oh, mo- yeah, it, it was, it was, oh, I'm thinking mobsters. Uh, All right. Yeah, it was It was uh, a... Yeah. Jay Moore. <laughs> Look at my big Italian sausage. <laughs> So that was a parody movie. I didn't. I never yeah, yeah. That. It's it's uh, got uh, Bo, not, no, uh, Lloyd Bridges is like the head of the family. Plays Don Armani Windbreaker Cortino. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always breaking wind. So <laughs> that's what, anytime they try to like kiss his ring, you hear the wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You've never seen that man. That's great. Uh, uh, I have to check it out. I, I only mobster parody I remember is like. I married a mobster or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. That's not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's half of a title. Like so I married like an expert is an entirely different yep, movie. I'm, I'm crossing that with, with the movie I'm thinking of. So like sorry, I don't know what up. I'm talking about. I would like to move on and save whatever face I have left. All right. <laughs> but uh, my next movie is going to be Boys in the Hood, 1991. Oh, yeah. And Cuba. I told you, I'm not into mobster movies. <laughs> well, this is a little lower level. I don't like lobster movies either. It's a so. little low, low inner city, a little more, more, a little more block to block than a mobster one. They took yeah, over towns they were, and stuff. This, this was the no, kind they of took crew over that. Sections of cities, didn't they? Yeah. This, yeah. Oh yeah. This is the kind of crew that idolized uh, Scarface. Oh, no. They just they were no. Almost Scarface. everybody from that kind of hood like wants to be Scarface. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're not wrong, but they were pushed into that corner. God damn it! Uh, they could have left. But hey. I, I, 
I watched this as a kid. I connected to it because I liked my you were my from rap the music. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I grew up. I grew up hanging out and playing on the streets with no money. My family had no money, but I didn't know. Uh, but I, I really liked my rap music, my Ice Cube solo CDs, my NWA, all that shit. I couldn't stop playing them. So when this came out, you know, I was that white boy that wanted to. I was very impressed by this lifestyle, and it, it was action to me, and it was, and it had a really good story about it did. Uh, the brother getting a shot at fucking getting out, becoming a football star, and then that all comes to help. And, and they had a good story with the uh, who's the father, mm. Lauren Fishburne. Yes, that was his life lessons he dropped to his kid. Then there was a seven-year difference. I don't know. Just really thoroughly enjoyed the movie besides the fact that I only watched it because Ice Cube was in it and it was it was a hip-hop or it was rap, Who not hip-hop. Was, uh, was Ice Cube wasn't the only rapper, things. though, wasn't mm-hmm. Wasn't there a What's couple that? other? Ice Cube wasn't the only rapper that was in here, was he? I feel like there was another one or maybe even a couple of them. There might have been, but it's not. Ice Cube's well the only known. prominent one. Like he's yeah. in a lot of screen time for sure. Yeah, and uh, oh, John Singleton. Oh, the wet T-shirt contest. Yeah. <laughs> Boys in the Hood is it the one we're talking about? Yeah, 1991. John Singleton directed it and forced, wait, pressured Ice Cube to be in the movie. He. Ice Cube said no because he wasn't. He he knew his acting chops weren't at that caliber, and Singleton wouldn't allow it. So they became friends, and Ice nope, Cube would. You're doing this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. He invited I Ice Cube <laughs> to his his in-house theater, and they watched movies, and they'd break them down. This is why this is good. This is why this is not. Blah blah blah. And then he eventually got comfortable and did the film. So that backstory is pretty fucking awesome, and they became best friends. And they did a couple other movies, and he really wasn't that bad in it either. Like he, no. he wasn't the greatest by any means. You could tell that this is like he's not an actor by by yeah. trait. Like he doesn't That's, have the skill that he's developed or whatever. But he did do a bad job. So yeah, that that friendship, Ice Cube and Singleton, is how we get the movie Friday. Like it it taught uh, Ice Cube how to write screenplays and get comfortable in the movie life. That's legit. Because uh, he straight up told Cube that like yeah you. Being the rapper that you are, and that persona that you you create behind the microphone, that's fucking acting. Like you're playing a character. You're you're uh, exaggerating parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You know you're you know. So I I found that out recently throughout the last few years listening to podcasts. I uh, through, through Ice Cube's words. So I thought that was cool. <clears throat> Ice T I think kind of had an interesting way of how he got into acting as well. I yeah. don't remember it as well. Like, I'd have to go find, like, the interview he did, but he talks about, like, the first movie he did and how he was super nervous and not, how people got him to calm down and mm-hmm. how he just, it skyrocketed from there. And all of a sudden he was, like, making, because he made fucking coins on the fucking first movie and then all of a sudden he was able to get more money and then more money and more money. But, uh... It's probably because yeah, Ice-T uh, sat down and had iced coffee. <laughs> oh, no. To to your point, Tim, there are There was no, no ice coffee. Ice what? <laughs> No, no iced coffees back then. <laughs> uh, to your point, Tim, there are no other rappers that I can see as far as the yeah. cast goes. God. I just looked there, up the cast. I didn't see there's, there's there's a character in the wheelchair that looks like uh, Easy E, but it's not. 
And there's Maybe. a few that look like other rappers, but it's not. Well, then that's probably why one I was... definitely. They portray Dr. Dre and you know, stuff like that. Menace to Society, maybe the other one that maybe you would think would have a lot of rappers in it. I don't, I don't think. I've never no, seen either no. one of them, so I don't know. I, Menace I to Society that. was a lot more brutal than uh, I would say Boy of the Hood is. It's a lot I remember more these kind of being like yes. synonymous with each other somehow. And I don't know if it's just like the. It's just the, a Compton kind of lifestyle where, you know, Boys in the Hood is like the, yeah. the first one that became popular, and then the, the studios were like, oh, shit. People like this, so let's make more of them. So, Menace to Society is a product of this. And is Menace, uh, a Spike Lee film. I don't think so, but I, I watched. I watched that one a lot too, and it's it's all right. Samuel L. Jackson, you know, is a shitty heroin addict father. Oh, he was um, only in it for a blip. Yeah. Or, yeah, he was only in it for like a blip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he shoots a guy and then goes to jail. Yeah, but that 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 that's a that is a good movie, and it makes its points, but it's very. Oh, it's a huge exaggerated, movie. exaggerated on the gangster. Dude. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watching Boys in the Hood as I got older. Wow, did I not realize the message they were fucking telling people when I was a kid? Right. So it it has a great message to it, and it holds up. It really, it really is a really well done film. And mm -hmm. if you get past the idea of violence and just talking yeah. about like being gang, you know, dealing with gang violence and stuff like that as a young kid and growing up in that kind of environment, the philosophy behind that film is mm -hmm. really pertinent and very even important. The, even the violence isn't over the top in this no. film. There's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, tension with yep. the, the possible acts of violence and them having to look over their shoulder and, you know, walk on eggshells and stuff like that. Nope. Yeah. Which I think makes it even a better film than I, having so much gunshots. I think that that's, the, that's what makes Menace to Society so much more, like, intense of a film over this one is because that had, like I said, a little bit more raw because it dealt directly with violence. It had more mm -hmm. prominent violence. It was basically like, hey, they run up on somebody and just shoot them right there in the alleyway and then walk away like it was nothing, you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, like... Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a film talking more about the streets. This was a little bit more about the life of like, yeah, like like an individual and stuff like of how how the streets will form a person, but mm -hmm. it doesn't make you it doesn't make them who you are. And that's what Cuba's whole character was about was he left, he came back educated, mm. and mm -hmm. and so like what are you talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, and Boys yes. of the Hood. Like, he bad. left, yep. he went, and he became yep. educated, came back, and was just trying to preach, mm -hmm. dude, you, you can get out. You can move on. Like, you don't have you, to be here. His whole philosophy the choices is like, you make. Yeah, make good choices. But because but, he had a good father is where he got his shit. That's why. It's really na nature versus nurture. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that'd be an excellent way of looking at it. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Those are your three films. What was What were they again? Superman, Goodfellas, Boys in the Hood. Right on. Extremely uh, drastic films. Yeah. Unlike, you know, Aram's all about Muppets over there. You want hey. nostalgia? I remember my childhood. Fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Puppets. Yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad nostalgic feeling. <laughs> uh, my films... I oh man I don't even know which one to start with. I guess I'll just 
I know, you yeah. have so many of them. I know. Like 44. I'll start with the uh, my favorite of them all. So it would be uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Um, I, as, I, as well, am a huge Ninja Turtle fan, just like Jason. And, well, so it's Aram. Uh, but Jason liked the first one a lot more. And personally, for me, I enjoyed the second one because it was a lot more loose. It was a little more comedy than it was like yeah. a, a, like a series, like more of a drama. It leaned more towards one. the cartoon than, than the first yeah. one did. Yeah. yeah, the first one was darker. As much as I, I just love the films no matter what, uh, first yeah. and second for sure. The third one mm -hmm. I enjoyed a lot. It's I can just, tolerate it. But, yeah. 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 but uh, definitely the second one, it had... It had more jokes. It was a lot more amusing. Like and right that away, pizza delivery guy. Yeah, Kino. His, yeah, his fighting style is so smooth and quick. He he was my Bruce Lee in that movie. He is. He's actually the kid in the, uh, the Last Dragon, which Tim talked about last year or mm. last year last week. He's <laughs> one of the one of the students of Bruce Leroy. <laughs> yep. He's a child yeah. in that movie, but he's, he's my he's favorite there. part of part. Or, Ninja Turtles too. I, I also he really like him. So many places. Yeah, he's in. Uh, yeah. He was in the Rundown. Um, yeah, the, the Rundown, rundown. and he was just jacked in the Rundown. Yeah. Surf, ninjas. A, Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. That was the other one oh, I was just thinking of. Yep, Surf Ninjas. Leslie Nielsen and ridiculous. Rob Schneider rounding out that fucking cast. <laughs> wow, it was ridiculous oh, my film. God. It's a great film. <laughs> um, but yeah, Secret of the. I, so this is 1991, and. I loved the Ninja Turtles so much that my mom made me a Raphael costume for me. Hell yeah. And obviously, we were super poor, so I don't know how it looked. I don't remember, but it probably didn't yeah, look that great. The fact that you knew it was Raphael is all that matters. Yeah, like, I remember <laughs> her. She, on it. Well, the red. I had the orange. It was shitty as well. <laughs> yeah, like, I know that my mom, I think my mom tried to find, like, a red banana or something just to put around mm -hmm. me. I think she tried to, like, paint me green. Um, and she, like, made size like for me to put Dope. somewhere and like like she did whatever she could and your mom's a fucking I, saint i my mom's yeah. kick-ass uh and i was just i love this film so much i just love the the funniness and the quirkiness behind it all and, and this is the one with uh vanilla ice right yep yep go ninjas yeah go yeah. ninja go ninja go yep <laughs> uh i will say that Probably Donatello and Michelangelo are my favorites in this one. Unlike the first film, it was Raphael. Like mm -hmm. I loved Raphael in the first film, but Donatello and Michelangelo by far stole the spotlight almost all the time in this uh, in the second one. Uh, and right away, when when you get the whole mall scene and the whole fight scene, like just instantly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I loved that <laughs> so much. I thought it was so crazy. Uh, so I have a big attachment to the Ninja Turtle films. Every so often, I just got to go and watch them just for All the right. sake of watching them. Did you guys watch the new, new, new ones? I watched the I first did. one. I don't think I, no, I did watch the second one, too. Yeah, yeah. I watched the two new ones. Michael Bay should have yeah. nothing to do with the Ninja Turtles. Right? That's all I got to say. I, I kept waiting I to hear Autobots Did you like out. their appearance before we say the obvious Michael Bay they looked Bay like shit. aliens. Yeah, they were not. They, looked, they were too tall. They too tall. Like mm -hmm. they were gigantic for some strange reason. I don't, yeah, don't nine feet tall. Thought, and yeah, I don't know what the fuck the thought process behind that well, was. 
My issue with it is it was way too cartoony for trying to be a live action. And I, it was an action, entertaining action pack thing, but you should have not called it the Ninja Turtles because it had nothing to do with being Ninja Turtles. And I just, yeah. yeah, Just make them aliens that fight whatever the fuck Basically. It was Mm -hmm. not the Ninja Turtles. The the whole idea behind making April like the Shredder's daughter and like the fucking weird experiments they had with that. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was Megan Fox being April O'Neil was somehow tragic. And I hate Megan Fox. You know what's funny is she's dating Machine Gun Kelly. And I hate him too. So it's perfect. (laughs) Those couples can go fall off the cliff. And I would just have they could play Pokemon Go and keep walking. If I get one car fire a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I hate both of those people and they're together. So apparently Mm -hmm. I was I had the right vibes about those two. (laughs) Right. Um yeah, I I don't like the new ones. I watched them both once just for the sake of uh, you know my love for Ninja Turtles, but yeah. I I just couldn't get it. And when they thought yeah. When they did Bebop and Rocksteady, right? I was super excited that they did it, but I did not like how they did it at all. Yeah. It just, oh, yeah, yeah. The I new thought ones. Johnny Knoxville it, doing doing Leonardo was okay. Yeah. But that was about the oh, only I thing I had. Even... Yeah, it's Johnny Knoxville doing the voice of Leonardo in, in at least the first one. Hmm, okay. um, and he's fine. I yeah. definitely didn't know it was Johnny Knoxville. But Bebop and Rocksteady in the original number two, that was dope. Right, they, they weren't even. But they they weren't, they weren't they weren't. It was uh, Raza. It was Toka and, and Razor. Oh yeah, yeah Razor. That's they, right. they were a wolf and a snapping turtle. Yeah, not a Which, rhino and a, right. and a warthog. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Goddamn. My Jason. bad. Yep. Mm. I always he wanted them to be Bebop fan. and Rocksteady. I don't know why they couldn't do Bebop and Rocksteady. Right. And I never got that. I don't. I don't know why either. I guess I don't know if I've ever looked that up. For Why one thing, they, they already had a snapping turtle character in the cartoon that was Slash. So yeah. why the fuck did they make a new one? And the yeah. video games, fuck me. Yeah, and like he, like he was intelligent. Like he was kind of dumb, but like he was intelligent enough to like form full sentences. Yeah, I, I think that was <laughs> instead of the caveman guess, routine they had Toka and Razor doing. Mama, mama, Babies. no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the shit out of so, that. So it was a mistake. That's right. They were trying to make Bebop and Rocksteady. And I feel like that, that they were trying to do a spinoff, like a, like a, their take on Maybe, it or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was, I mean, it, it worked. I, it was fine. I will say what they did, yeah. how they did it was fine because they were like, these mm-hmm. are like the most aggressive animals we could get as yeah. opposed to like we couldn't just, you know, raid a fucking zoo and pull out, you know, these things, which yeah. I guess wouldn't have worked if you want to talk real life because – a rhino is basically blind, so there's no reason why the Rocksteady would work in general. <laughs> is that why he has glasses on? Yeah, I was going to ask. Oh, well, Bebop no, was, was the Bebop warthog. Right yeah, yeah. yeah. Rocksteady had the fucking he- flight helmet because, you know, rhinos fly. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, I-, wow. I miss those cartoons. I should rewatch those why? cartoons. Oh, man. Those cartoons were great, especially when, yeah. like, the, when Brain came and... Krang? Crane, yeah. there is Crane. I used yeah. to have the fucking suit he piloted. Why the fuck did he pilot the suit from the belt? By the way, he sat. Right. In I mean, he's supposed to be ginormous f- too, so he's supposed but to he's be like brain. ten feet tall. But well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, that, that, he can make that. Th- he can but make he's that an thing fucking grow. He's like, he's like he couldn't an alien have made that thing grow enough to like fit into the fucking head. I don't know, but it, and like, but 
anybody else think that that the the brain the, the guy appendage? Yeah, yeah, like he looks a little bit like Meatball and uh and uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, yeah, I saw too much of a res- resemblance. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong anyway, uh, moving on to that. So that, yeah, that was 1991, and mm-hmm. I will forever love the second Secret of the Ooze. But I will forever love yeah. my Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, me too. The second film I'm going to talk about is Street Fighter. Mm. Uh, this was a... Oh, man, where is it? I saw this in the theaters. 1994. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. And this is starring Jean... Actually, it has a decent cast, but... Yeah, uh, the cast is the best part of the movie, Yeah, so it it was starring Jean-Claude Van Damme (laughs) as Colonel Guile. Now, this is based off the Super (laughs) Nintendo game... Street Fighter. Yeah. But it is by far not like the video game. <laughs> no. Well, because uh, the video game didn't have an actual storyline originally. The original Street Fighter was just a straight up and down fighting game. There was yeah, no plot people, line to it. People from all over the world came to the tournament and fought yeah, to but win. But that was a that was it. There wasn't, you know, was a it. shadow that organization. Was there wasn't an army fighting this thing and this yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was legit. They just showed up, fought, and fucked off. Yeah. yeah, I I really like this movie though. It, yeah, I had it a good hit, time because I was a big fan. I had I had both the Street Fighters for Super Nintendo, but I was obsessed with Super Street Fighter mm-hmm. because it was just basically Street Fighter on like steroids at that point. It had more characters right, that you could play. Yeah, so it was up. just and they actually did have somewhat of a story. It was primarily Chun Li though. Um, yeah. yeah. They started to after the the popularity of the game and the first couple of sequels. I think they started to build sort of a yeah. a storyline to it. So they could and there's the same thing they, with Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I was just saying they they kind of kept them going for a while. Like they still had the Street Fighter video yep. games coming out way uh, up until I don't know. They're probably still making them, but uh, I don't know. Last I mean, that Street Fighter like game, PlayStation yeah. Two or so. I know. I think was one of the last yeah. ones I remember. But I mean, I stopped keeping track. And then they started getting yeah, they, into the TV, like the cartoon show uh, and stuff yeah. like that, and the movies. And I mean, they definitely ex- expanded. They definitely grew in popularity yeah. and became something. When they figured out that fighting games could have sort of like a, a, a mass appeal and they could make some extra money if they just start venturing out into other forms of media, they yeah. started to meld fucking storylines into these games. Yeah. But yeah, this Tekken this, was the same way. Yeah. This cast was pretty fucking good. And the one thing I do like about this film is they did bring out a lot of the characters that you saw in the video game. Because that's always one thing I always want to see is who who are they going to see come to life? Even the the original game cast. Even the ones that didn't get to, like, actually fight were nods to characters that were in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Between DJ and T-Hawk. Now, I also think that this cast was probably the best like stereotyped or typecasting that you got like i thought yeah. that the characters that they had came right out of the video game and for the most yeah. part i thought jean-claude worked really well uh you mean as the all-american that... colonel guile well you really thought no. jean-claude van damme did great but for, hey, for you for already the... talked about it last episode <laughs> but for for the the the, the way he plan, did, man. yeah, the way that he did it, it worked. So <laughs> he just didn't yeah. have the hairdo. It's but, a callback to what Aaron was saying last episode. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Van Damme, 
They always get cast as these all-American roles to save the day, and they yep. can't speak a lick of English. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but honestly, the two that really sold it for me was Zangief? the guy who played. Yep, the guy who played Zangief. Zangief. He was spot on. Is that on. the villain? Yeah, he's the Russian guy in the yep. in the bad guy camp. And he was yeah. spot on. He was just to the, a T. He sees the truck coming coming towards him on the TV. He's like, quick, change the channel. <laughs> yeah. Or everybody just like looks at him. DJ's like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough for this. He's like, you were getting paid? <laughs> I was like, when he's just like this, and somebody finally goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the guy who played uh, DJ, too. Uh, yeah. Miguel A. Nunez Jr.? I don't know. He's in a bunch of shit, but yeah. uh, he, I thought he was pretty appropriate from what the way to, you didn't see him fight, but like, yeah, he well, that's what like I mean. Like, even the characters that didn't get to fight, but were characters that, that were in the game, mm-hmm. they cast really well. Like, uh, Cammy was Kylie, Men- Kylie Minogue. Yeah. And Minogue. she looked, looked she fantastic. Yep. Yeah. The guy yep. playing T Hawk was about as well built as you could get if you think of, T-Hawk from the game, he was built like a tank. I liked uh, Vega, that, the that guy, guy who played was, Vega. Yep. He, I thought yeah. he Sagat, was very, yeah. Sagat was really well cast. Yeah, Sagat. Sagat was, all oh, right. Like, I actually thought he was very appropriate because he was tall. So yep. you can kind of get away with him not being as, like, broad as you know, he probably should have been. Because he's a kickboxer. He's yep. not a... So it, it worked really well um, as well, yep. I did not like Ryu or Ken, though. I had a hard time with those two. Ken more than like, I, I never, Ken, Ken more than I did Ryu, but I, I think I understand mm, what you mean. I yeah. just I don't know. I was I never think, really a fan of them in the game to begin with. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But uh obviously they were too uh cliche. The one who sold this for me, other than Jean Claude, was Bison. <laughs> Raul yeah. Julia. Uh, yeah. Raul Julia played Bison great. Dalsim was an interesting take on like how they planted him in the movie in the movie yeah uh, i was actually how they put him in the movie but it was fine i was yeah. just upset you didn't get to see his abilities because he stretches you know and yeah and breathes I was, fire you didn't yeah, yeah, yeah i mean that's He's, really hard that was hard to put in the movie yeah and then blanca the same thing with blanca like uh, yeah they did what they could with they, him you know yeah that was a goddamn mutant yeah, I mean, was this movie ninety four? You said, yep, nineteen ninety four. I mean, the they did all right. Some of these characters have almost supernatural abilities, and when you're trying to do a movie that kind of plays more in the real world, yeah, it's it's hard to do. I mean, yeah, I, it, the way they did Bison's like ability to float and like his little torpedo attack, like mm-hmm. I thought their explanation of that and everything was great. And yeah, I couldn't argue with that. I definitely think yeah. that it was. I mean, I I still love the film. Yeah. But, oh, me too. Yeah. I definitely, despite, despite myself, I love the film. Yeah, I definitely just enjoy <laughs> it. It has some really good scenes too, but I know it was a total flop. Yeah, as yeah, a lot yeah. of the video game movies well, back then came, were. Yeah, uh, I think Mortal Kombat only was uh, the song was only a hit, not the actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then and then everyone <laughs> hated hated the sequel to that one. Yeah. That one was holds a special spot in my heart, though, but we'll get yeah, to that yeah. another day. We've talked about that. And, uh, yeah, that's right. I will um, say that I did love, because uh, I really like the actress who did Chung Lee, uh, Ming-Na mm-hmm. Wen. 
I think is how he's. Yeah, she's in Agents of Shield now. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen her in a lot of stuff, and I've always enjoyed her. She's Uh, great. And as Chung Lee, I really, I really enjoyed her as Chung Lee. But my favorite scene was probably when she's all chained up and they're talking, and Bison's making a drink, was walking around the room making a drink, like a cocktail, whatever. He's he's got his smoking jacket on, and yeah, (laughs) he changes his outfit to like a lounge thing, like a robe or some shit. Takes Uh, his weird trench coat thing off and puts on a fucking smoking jacket. a velvet version of and, his fucking trench coat. And he changes yeah. hats, I think. He's basically like the same hat, isn't it? And he like changes it. I don't remember if he puts on another hat. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt I like he did, but to match the, See, the outfit. But he's like, Chug Lee's like, oh, you came in my village and this and this and you. And then he just comes back. It's like he's not listening and he is listening. Yeah. And he's just like, well, all I'm hearing is like, you, you know, this is the, the day that, you know, Bison you know, greeted you with his presence in your village. But for me, it was just a Tuesday. (laughs) And yeah, I like it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. It just came off a little campy. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that's part of its charm for me was the campiness. Right. But I wonder if they did that on purpose or I don't know. It just seems like it doesn't know what it wanted to be, a full-on comedy or a fleshed out story i think it's tough though when you're dealing with the 90s early 90s to even the 90s in general with those films is they try to play a lot because you had a lot of the buddy cops you know comedies like lethal weapon right straight up action but it had its funny quirkiness too i'd be curious to hear some behind the scenes stories of that it's also the making of that yeah it's also one of those things i think trying to trying to adapt a, a story from a video game that didn't have much of a story Right, yeah. just it's same same problem people, that yeah. same problem with Mario Brothers. Which is why the Mario Brothers movie, even though I love it, I like is it. sincerely strange compared to the video game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that movie, but it should mm-hmm. not have been about the video game. It should have just right. been yeah. called Two Plumber Brothers. <laughs> yep, that would have been better. <laughs> Absolutely, that's even a better tight working title. Jesus. All right, what's your next movie, Tim? <laughs> or is the that? Go- the Goldbergs calling the Mario Brothers oh, super immigrant plumbers. Right. <laughs> they weren't even immigrants <laughs> in the well, movie. They're just from the Bronx. Yeah. One of them was a, I guess, Italian. You can get away with that. <laughs> yeah. Not, Mario, not in real Mario, life. Luigi Mario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bob Hoskins, who's a, who's a fucking English actor, and John yep. Luguzamo, who's Mexican. Yep. We're brothers. No, you're not. Right? Yeah, not at all. But I'm a huge fan of both of them, so it worked out. Yeah, well. me too. Great actors. Yeah. But yeah, that that movie was just one of those ones. You no. Know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So my yeah. my third and final film is actually a combination. I'm I'm doing two separate films together. And uh, it's cheating. It's a uh, the Ooh, Adams the family. The most movies. The at me. <laughs> Adam's family and the Adam's family values. The reasoning for those two is I don't like one more than the other. To me, these two blend together so well. It could have been one long movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And the cast is great. I love every single person in this fucking Christina cast. Christina Ricci. Yep. She plays Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Wednesday. Yep. I love Pugsley. Like I just I love. Yeah. I love uh, 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 Christopher Lloyd. As Fester. As Fester. Yeah. I just, his, oh, dude, he's probably my favorite out of them all. And then, um, oh, uh, again, yeah. again, I forgot about these movies. Raul Julia. Yep, Raul Julia, who's Gomez, oh, which again. is great. I think that he, 
he's like the epitome of oh, yeah. of uh, what's his real name? Oh, Gomez, <laughs> Gomez Adams. I just love yeah. that guy so much. Yeah. But anytime I see him, that's he's all I smooth. think about is Gomez Adams. He's so suave. He's so smooth. Yeah, he's, suave, I just yeah. uh, everything about him is just amazing. And then uh, Angelica Houston plays Morticia. Morticia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who plays the grandmother. Uh, ooh. I don't think she was anybody special, but yeah. Judith Malini, Molina? I think. Okay, don't know her name, so I guess yeah. it doesn't matter. But these... I remember these two films pretty fondly because I watched them... Um, I think it was one of the, the couple films, like first films I remember my mom renting from a library for me to watch. And we sat there watching them together when I was like four, I think, four or five. But we lived in a small, small house in New Hartford, Iowa, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, this town has like 30 people in it. And um, I just remember it being a, a good time. It was, you know, we, we weren't homeless, family, right? We weren't homeless mm-hmm. or anything. So uh, I lit my mom's loom on fire in the living room and poured it out with some, or put it out with some pop. I mean, I remember that. <laughs> like, so I had a lot of memories of that time in my life in that house. Uh, What's was, a loom? It's for for sewing or seams. It's weaving. Oh. Seams it's weaving. Weaving. Yeah, I was in seamstressing, and that's. I was like, that's not a word. <laughs> yeah. It's like what you make rugs with and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And uh, it was also the same time that I, I watched Chucky. Same time mm. era. It's the same time that me and my mother would watch Star Trek: uh, Next Generation. I think it was not the next generation. It was the one with uh, Picard. That's next generation. Oh, is it the next yeah. generation? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I remember watching that on TV with her. Like we we had this old, old TV that only had three channels. So whatever mm-hmm. came on those three channels, we watched. Luckily enough, Star Trek was on. So Yeah. And yeah. my mom was like Star Trek. So uh yeah. It's just one of those where being so young, i it just film just it sticks in my memory so much and then over the years i just i kept what year did one and come out and what year did values come out uh so the first one came out in 1991 mm. and i believe that the second one came out in 92 yeah like think. uh 93 oh, okay. okay so that's still not that far from it yeah mm-hmm. and then i found out that MC, later MC on hammer did one of the one of the songs for one of the movies Oh, yeah, I wonder which one. Yeah, no, I'll look it up. Hold on. Yeah, we need to have that answer here. We can't just set that up. So, well, it's going to sit and fester in my brain, <laughs> so why the fuck do I have to suffer? So did you, guys, did you guys ever watch um, Angel? Yeah. So the, the show? Yeah. The spinoff? Yeah. No. So the chick vampire named Harmony? Yeah. She was the little girl... The blonde pigtail little girl yep. and camp. That's uh, her as a as a yeah as yep, a little yep, girl. Yep. And uh, I always thought that was kind of cool <laughs> to see. And then she goes and does porn. That, what? That's a little weird. Yeah, she like goes and she like did uh, Playboy or something like that. Oof. Oh, oh, oh God, Playboys. That's not porn. When you're naked, it is. <laughs> okay. It's in the pornography section. True, but you're not wrong. 
Yeah, 90s definitions, 90s. I think it was on the first, because it's called the Adams Groove. It's on the Adams Family soundtrack, so I'm assuming it was on the first one. Yeah. I will say that Joan Cusack as well, making her little appearance as Debbie, she was great. She, she was, was fucking psychotic, but she was great. Her the ending of like that movie when she's explaining like the different husbands and like Gomez and Morticia are like flirting over the fact that they died certain ways. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> or when Fester comes back after she tries to kill him, he's like, "I'm sorry, Gomez." He's like, "What are you doing here? You are Mister Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, an Adams." The. Other thing I really loved about the films that that's always fascinated me was their borderline creature. Like you don't know who these fuckers are. You don't know yeah. if they're dead, if they're alive, if they're fucking witches or warlock. Like you don't know. At who the they end of are. the day, they're just really fucking weird. They're just fucking weird. And I think that's what <laughs> draw me to like the they're more normal versions of the monsters. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's I was a huge fan of the monsters growing up too. Like I really loved the the show and. <laughs> And whatnot. And that's basically what I saw was just like their relatives or something. <laughs> is Adams these is this are, are these movies the first creation of the Adams family? No, there was a show? show back in there like, was a show yeah, okay. the sixties, I think. Okay. It was so, in black and white, so it was right around the yeah, same time as the Munster uh, and shit, I think. Sean so, I think Sean Astin's stepfather played Gomez and the original series. Okay. Yeah. He's in a he's in a bunch of other stuff too. I, yeah, I know him from other stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I can picture I think him. I've always head, I think I've always got monsters confused with Adam. Yeah, family. Yeah. <clears throat> so those are the films I got. So well, hell yeah. So Great yeah, films. out of out of yep. the uh, out of the list of films that we have here, which one would you say we could say is a. Uh, yeah, at least <sighs> this, this list, I've seen them all. I can say that much. Yeah, I, I've I've seen one of yours, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how it was in the last episode. I've only seen one of yours, I think. I don't know. Um, I, know, I think we all had the same kind of beat on uh, Turtles 2, to be completely honest. Yeah. yeah. It seems that, like, we it's the same thing we had with Princess Bride last time. We seem to talk the most about Turtles 2. Yeah, so well, I'd probably we all into that. equally didn't like the new ones, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, you mean aliens, right? Alien turtles fight brains, or yeah. something, or guy in a suit. Guy Same in a thing suit. Plumber oh, blum. dude, the shredder even pissed me off. Ugh. Yeah, he looked like shit. Yeah, it's too animated. Whole, too you mean the one that was too. dying of cancer? And that whole stupid fucking. I hate the 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 villain plot where they're like, "I'm gonna take Earth and suck it into." my world and then we're gonna save our planet by stealing earth from you and it's like fuck you this has been done forever stop it it's also not how fucking astrophysics works like, <laughs> right it doesn't take a scientist to know that <laughs> yeah. i was like i'm dumb as shit and i know that that doesn't work in any way possible they like, do it so much it was in the new superman uh fucking a I'll just remove earth from this gravity no one will die <laughs> nothing on this planet will die let's let's be it doesn't work in films it works perfectly or well done in, in novels because there's a shit ton of novels that pull that crap off and it works great but it doesn't yeah, because they build 
it's probably because they work. build other shit around it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting. Like, like, it does not foil. work in films. It's a novel thing. Yeah. Leave that to the fucking books, <laughs> and to people who actually put in the work to. Yeah, you can say, "Oh, shit. this is what we're doing, and this is how everybody feels." So forget what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you can't do that in a movie. The movie is this is what we're doing. Stop it. So yeah. So Ninja <laughs> Turtles too, huh? Yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah. I'm we on got a roll. Princess Bride and Ninja Turtles 2 so far. All right. All right. Stay tuned next time when I'll pick Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I won't. And I'll, I'll explain why I think the lamps work. <laughs> or the lantern, whatever the fuck the thing was the that they used to travel through time. There's a oh, lamp okay. or a lantern because it's got that fucking weird hourglass thing in the middle and fucking just starts glowing for no goddamn reason. Fuck yeah, I don't know. There's no fucking... I remember the- no fucking mechanism for it. Like, it's literally it just all of a sudden just starts... I do enjoy that film, though. I, I, hey, they got away with a phone booth. They can get away with a lantern. Uh, That's all they yeah. were probably thinking. Yeah, I, but I mean, the phone booth at least had, like, a little bit of, like, work put into it. Like, you could see that they... effects bu- on the outside? <laughs> no, you could see that they built shit on top of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just like, an there antenna. Was no, there was, like, work and shit yeah. put on top. And then when they will yeah. crash land in the fucking dinosaur, they have to use bubble gum to fix it. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. The, um, I see your point. Yeah, I, I like the third one, though, because of the way that they uh, they, they brought combined it. a bunch of the actors together. Yeah, this, kind of I, a, a whole. I like that. I like that. I thought that was really good. And I also yeah. like their whole subway carts. My favorite bit has got to be when, like, April calls them the first time, and, like, I think it was Donatello or Michelangelo that answered the phone. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and my, Leonardo walks up with a box and he's like, Oh hey, and if you see Raph, thanks for telling for say thanks for wasting our time. Right. <laughs> and he starts yelling into the phone and slams the box down on Don, I think it's Donatello's foot and he's like, Leo says hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love their bickering. Their brotherly yeah, yeah. love bickering is great. Yeah. You get that in the realistic. first one as well. Like you get them in all of them, but I just love their bickering so much. And now you mentioned the subway hideout. That's, that's two. They, they clean that out in the second one, right? Yeah, that's that's one of my they, favorite parts. They discover parts. it. Yeah, they discover it. I yeah. thought that was one of the coolest hideouts ever. Yep. Yeah, they discover dope. it, and then in the third one, they that's where they're living. Yeah, because they had to relocate because the, 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 foot the, clan. the Foot Clan found them in the first one. Yep. Yeah, Because they were living in April's apartment. Danny boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another great scene in the second one. Yeah. And they're in April's apartment, and they're like trying to <laughs> hide. <laughs> And mm-hmm. Kino comes was, in and sees the little toe. He just stomps on it. <laughs> it's like, like when they first get the pizza and they're like, they're eating. She's like, napkins? She's like, what for? Yeah. She throws the napkins up. Her just yep. picking up stuff. The rat is the cleanest one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I want to go fucking Hell watch yeah. these movies. They're on HBO Max. Don't so He's think. got them on DVD. He they're on my shelf. <laughs> <clears throat> Two versions. Yeah, that's a lot of work to get up, unravel the case, and put it in a uh, Unravel? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm you gonna... think he... Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not to get into how you think DVD cases work. <laughs> it's uh, a puzzle box for him. You drop them 15 times. Pick He's them got up. the Da Vinci Code things. <laughs> I can click three buttons be watching a movie is all I'm saying. <clears throat> but yeah, unravel. Not the right word. <laughs> Your life is open. I think is the I think open is the fucking way you were going for. Same difference. Oh, CD. Like a, I unravel. Mean, I'd, open. I'd say like a book, but I mean I know my audience. <laughs> nice. All right. <clears throat>
Alrighty, well, that is our round two of Nostalgic November. So Stay we'll uh, for round three, right? Woo-woo. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to no post more these murders up. though. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. It's the Unfortunately, saddest. next step, next episode won't have any recaps or only murders in the building. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. Um, yeah, we're gonna f- figure out what we're gonna fill our beginning time with now. Find mm-hmm. another another for show sure. to talk about. So we've got a handful in the pot. We just gotta. Right. We've got ideas. We've got stuff ruminating. Yep. So. But hell yeah. Well, this has been Timothy Bennett. This is Aaron Banyan. Jason Chandler. Thanks for listening. Peace.